Ruby on my hip. As I struggled to turn Ruby over in our bed or perch on my stool beside the toilet for what seems like hours, Ruby has a multitude of bowel and urinary tract problems. We are challenged, certainly, and uncomfortable, sometimes, but neither Ruby nor I would describe our conjoinment as painful. It's difficult to explain our locomotion as conjoined twins or how it developed from birth using grunts and gestures and what I supposed must be telepathy. There are days when, like a normal person, we're clumsy and uncoordinated. We have less natural symbiosis when one of us, usually Ruby, is sick. But mostly our dance is a smooth one. We hate doing things in unison, such as answering yes or no at the same time. We never finish each other's sentences. We can't shake our heads at once or nod, and wouldn't if we could see above. We have an unspoken, even unconscious, system of checks and balances to determine who'll lead the way at any given moment. There is conflict. There is compromise. Ruby and I share a common blood supply. My blood flows normally to the left side of my brain, and the blood in my right, the connected side, flows to my sister's left, and vice versa for her. It's estimated that we share a web of 100 veins as well as our skull bones. Our cerebral tissue is fully enmeshed, our vascular systems snarled like briar bushes, but our brains themselves are separate and functioning. Our thoughts are distinctly our own. Ourselves have struggled fiercely to be unique, and in fact we're more different than most identical twins. I like sports, but I'm also bookish, while Ruby is girly and prefers television. When Ruby is tired, I'm hardly ever ready for bed. We're rarely hungry together, and our tastes are poles apart. I prefer spicy fare, while my sister has a disturbing fondness for eggs. Ruby believes in God and ghosts and reincarnation— Ruby won't speculate on her next incarnation, though, as if imagining something different from what she is now would betray us both. I believe the best the dead can hope for is to be conjured from time to time, through a note of haunting music or a passage in a book. I've never set eyes on my sister, except in mirror images and photographs, but I know Ruby's gestures as my own, through the movement of her muscles and bone. I love my sister as I love myself. I hate her that way, too. This is the story of my life. I'm calling it Autobiography of a Conjoined Twin. But since my sister claims that it can't technically, technically is Ruby's current favorite word, be considered an autobiography, and is opposed to my telling what she considers our story, I've agreed that she should write some chapters from her point of view. I will strive to tell my story honestly, allowing that my truth will be colored a shade different from my sister's, and acknowledging that it's sometimes necessary for the writer to connect the dots. What I know about writing, I've learned mostly from reading books, and from Aunt Lovey, who, along with Uncle Stash, born Stanislaus Darlensky in Grozovo, Slovakia, in 1924, raised Ruby and me from birth. I was accepted into the English program at a nearby university, but Ruby wouldn't agree to go. I knew she'd refuse, but I'd applied to the school anyway, so I could be aggrieved and excused. With Ruby sulking at my side, I'd handed the acceptance letter to Aunt Lovey. 
How can I ever be a writer if I don't study writing? How can I be a writer if I don't have a degree? I cried. Aunt Lovey, hating self-pity. Don't blame your sister if you don't become a writer. I don't know how pistons piss, but I can sure as hell drive a car. She gave me a look and strode away. The next day, Aunt Lovey presented me with a book called Aspects of the Novel by E.M. Forster. She wrapped it in leftover Christmas paper and taped a daisy from the garden to the top, even though it was a library book due back in two weeks. Then she drove me to the Kmart to purchase a ten-pack of pencils and a stack of yellow legal pads. Ruby threw up out the car window when we pulled into the parking lot, somewhat ruining the excursion. As Aunt Lovey cleaned the side of the Impala, I opened aspects of the novel to a random page and read aloud from a long, tedious paragraph on the subject of death and the treatment of death in the novel.